All right, it's time for another episode of Stolen Joys Podcast. I'm Zoner. And I'm Jake. Yes, Colin is gone. So we have Jake from Movies That Make Us Podcast. When you say gone, like, is he, he gone, gone? He's or, gone, gone. He's, like temporarily? He's or? dead. He's dead. He's okay. dead. He's dead. Fell uh, off a cliff, I hear. He fell off a cliff, yeah. On he's an island. Over in Ireland. Yeah. He so. was only supposed to throw the lightsaber, right? Just throw the lightsaber. That was It was that easy. And somebody threw him. Yeah. You know? It makes sense. Yeah. Those those poor nun things, they got kind of pissed with him and they, they chucked him off the island. Because nice. that's what happens when you piss off the poor nun things. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty patient. They'll take a lot, but you push them over the edge and, well, they push you over the edge. Yeah. That was unintentionally punny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. But yeah, Colin is dead, but he has a habit of resurrecting. So he'll be back eventually, I'm sure. But, you know, he has missed. I do need to apologize for no show last week. Uh, We had every intention of recording. It was really weird how everything happened. We were there in the mobile podcast unit. (laughs) And... It was it was gonna happen. We were we were there. Everything was good. Lunch was gonna happen, and then all of a sudden, Colin died. It's it's a pesky habit he has. Really, it, it really is. He should get some help. Seek yeah. some help. Some therapy yeah, for I, dying too I, often. I think that his HR boss threw him down the elevator shaft that time. So <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it was really unfortunate. It was really unfortunate. And then the next day, I jumped on a plane to Dallas. So I was there for a week, and by the time I got back, he was on a plane to Ireland, and now he's dead, which is really unfortunate because it's his birthday today. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of ironic that he lived to a nice even number. Yeah. It makes it nice for the tombstone. It does. Yeah. It does. You know, you just have to put one actual, like, month and day and then, and then just, just a couple years. years. Yeah. Just a couple years. It'll be nice so and easy. You're good. But he should be back eventually, I would assume, because he always turns up. He's like a bad penny. <laughs> he just turns up, you know. <laughs> wow. These are such nice things to be saying about him on his birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. You're like a bad penny. Zombie Colin. He yep. will return. <laughs> so but we do have uh, a few things that we want to discuss, namely Ghostwriter. Yes, we definitely want to talk about Ghost Rider. I, I figure, I figure that's a that's a nice little thing to talk about since we're talking about Colin being dead. You know, yeah, Ghost Rider. That maybe he'll come back as Ghost Rider. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the undead heroes of Marvel. There we go. I like yeah. it. So, so <laughs> Ghost Rider is coming to Hulu. Yes, uh, we've talked. In fact, I think it was on our last episode. We talked about how Disney is looking to buy out NBC's share of Hulu, mm-hmm. and. We we speculated, you know, what's going to happen? What are they going to do with it? Are they going to do, you know, more of an adult type mm-hmm. of, of Disney plus type of streaming platform? And there's news now that apparently they're going to be bringing Ghost Rider and Hellstorm over mm-hmm. to to Hulu. Well, and it also, I think, mentioned some of the adult-themed animated series that were going to come as well, including Tigra and Dazzler, because I know there's been a lot of clamoring and fan requests for a Dazzler TV series, for sure. You know, I've been waiting for one for years. I mean, who hasn't missed Dazzler, really? Everybody. Everybody (laughs) wants Dazzler. Um, They are going to bring Howard the Duck as well, though. I think that one's actually going to be a really big hit for him. I think if they do that one right, and it's similar to like a, like a, uh, Bojack Horseman or like an Archer type series, 
it'll do really well. You know, Howard the Duck fascinates me because yeah. I remember the, ser- uh, the series, the movie from when I was a kid with, with Leia Thompson, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. But I was Did like, you get dropped on it on your head as a child. I, I it, was an idiot child. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, no offense, but it was an awful movie. But you know, I was I was a kid. <laughs> a kid, right? I, I was like ten years old or something when it came out. Twelve years old, maybe. Yeah. And so you know, it was just good fun. It was you know, aliens and you got this talking duck and hey, mm-hmm. Leah Thompson, she's hot. You know, this is fun. Right. But. No, it, it it you're right. It is an awful movie. There's really no redeeming qualities to the to the movie at all. No, and that's really the only exposure that I had to Howard the Duck. I've never read a Howard the Duck comic. I've never you know seen Howard the Duck in anything other than that. Right. But I have this nostalgia factor for the character as a kid. Right. And then he shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy and. And people are going nuts. And all of a sudden, we must have everything Howard the Duck. Right. Yeah, I do think there's a big nostalgia factor there. and I, But I do think that he is the type of character, as weird and quirky as he is, that could work in an adult animated series. And I think it would be similar to a lot of the stuff that's out there. And so I think that one might be a hit compared to some of the other ones that they've got on there. But yeah, it is interesting how big a comeback he's made from such an awful movie. And But I think it is just because he's that quirky, weird character that like, Oh, I remember this. And it's that thing where you're really hip and cool. If you remember, and you know, stuff that like mainstream people don't remember and know. And so I think that plays into it as well, but I don't know. Yeah. You're probably right there. Now, as far as Ghost Rider goes, Mm -hmm. uh, they are going to be bringing uh, Gabriel Luna who played the character on agents of shield. Now, do you watch agents of shield? I've watched a few seasons of agents of shield. Um, It just became too much to try to keep up on everything that Marvel was putting out, which makes me terrified for when Disney plus launches and there's even more Marvel to try to keep up with. Um, But so I haven't seen, I haven't made it to the point where ghost is on agents of shield. Now I'm, I'm in the same boat because I, I think I gave up after like three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I made it, I made it through civil war mm-hmm. or was it civil war winter soldier Winter soldier when shield was. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you wondered, so how are they going to continue doing a show called agents of shield yeah. now that shield is gone? Yeah. Right. I, I made it through that and, and that was pretty interesting. I liked how they tied it all in. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job. But honestly, it's it was just too much. There was too much good TV on, and I right. had too much stuff going on in my life. I just couldn't keep up with it. Right. And then I heard that they were going to be bringing in in Ghost Rider, and I was fascinated by that because I've always enjoyed the Ghost Rider character. Right. But I just I couldn't be bothered. I and I I'm honestly so far behind. I think I'm two or three seasons behind now at this point. Yeah. Where I it's in my Netflix queue. I got to watch it, but you know, in all honesty, I mean, I just, I just watched Schindler's List last night. It's been in my queue for like two years. Yeah. So I, I'll eventually get to it, but the Disney Plus stuff terrifies me, like you just said. Uh, it's going to be so much. I don't know when. It's drinking from a fire hose. I don't yeah. know when I'm going to find the hours to get to all the different content. Yeah. But I will say, I have seen the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movies. So I can only assume that this version of Ghost Rider is better. 
I think that's a safe assumption, but so, you know. But I, but I do wonder, you mentioned Hulu kind of being more of the mature audience type place for a lot of the Disney uh-huh. shows and the Marvel shows. And, and it seems like that's the direction that they're going to go. I think if, if Daredevil had never happened up to this point, we would probably see Daredevil on Hulu as opposed to, to Disney Plus if they were going to say, hey, we're going to launch this show. Instead of it being on Netflix, it would be on, on Hulu at this point. So I think shows like that going forward will be Hulu instead of Disney+. Plus. You know, I wonder if Disney would do Daredevil and The Punisher. And I know that they've owned the property now for, for years. And so technically they have done it this way. But I wonder if they would do Daredevil and The Punisher the way that they've done it on Netflix on their own platforms. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with with Ghost Rider and the Hellstrom or Hellstorm uh, series and yeah. what they look like if they're the same kind of feel, the same kind of grittiness uh, that we've seen with Daredevil and Luke Cage and uh, those characters. So I, I, it's a good question, and we, we won't really know that until we see what they do going forward. I do know that that Hulu seems to be the place where Disney TV or excuse me Marvel TV Studios is going, where the series on Disney Plus are being done by Marvel. Um, uh, Marvel movie studios instead yeah. of uh, or Marvel studios as opposed to Marvel TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. I'm excited for it though. Cause you know, it's, it is a lot though. It yeah. is a lot. And I just mentioned drinking from a fire hose at some point. I worry about fan fatigue. Yeah. Um, it's not there yet though. No, it's not. It's not there yet. So, Since Endgame just, what, top $2 billion last week, it seems like they're doing okay as far as fan fatigue goes. Yeah, I mean, just strike while the iron's hot. Just strike while the iron's hot. And speaking of striking while the iron's hot, um, new Earthworm Jim game was just announced. Yes. (laughs) I mean, that one, I mean, that came out, what, like 25 years ago? Yep, 25 years ago. I mean... Strike yeah. while the iron's hot on that one, friends. It's interesting. Um, we we heard rumors about Earthworm Jim for like 10 or so years ago. They did a bunch of HD remakes or redos of the series um, for Xbox, for PlayStation. Those all disappeared all of a sudden. Um, it's now owned by Intellivision, and they're coming out with their own platform. And I think Earthworm Jim gives them a name that they can put on that platform. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be the Mario, I think, for the Intellivision. Uh, Amico. Amico is that what it's called? Yeah, I, Amico, A M I C O. Yeah, and it looks bizarre. It does. It does. I mean, people people found out that th- they were bringing this game back, and they've the cool thing is they've brought back all of the developers, or as many as they could round mm-hmm. up. And so that's that's really cool. They've got the original series creator. They've got the original composer. I mean, they've got like the people who made the original Earthworm Jim game on board with this. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. But then they're putting it on some platform that nobody knows anything about. Right. Nobody cares about. But now all of a sudden, everybody must have one. It, and and yeah, I mean, this is in television. It's a company that's been around for a long time. Their first console competed against Atari. Yeah. But it was like also one of the first casualties in the first console wars. Yeah. And it was, 
and they never really did anything after that. I mean, um, I, I watched the launch video for the Amico and they talked about they were the first ones that had professional sports leagues licensing and things like that, which is all really cool. But there's a reason why they kind of disappeared for a long time because they just weren't keeping up with the Nintendos yeah. and, and Sega Genesis and, and things like that. I, I think the platform looks interesting. The price point is great. As a dad, I love the idea that the games are between three and eight bucks. Like that's all really cool. I just don't see it competing though. I think there's already a family friendly console out there in the Switch that is just far and away better, I think, than what this looks like it will be. But with titles like Earthworm Jim, is that going to be enough to keep him in the game? I don't know. And, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, the price point and the fact that, you know, you've got Earthworm Jim, those two things right there could be enough to at least get a handhold yep. or a foothold. And at that point, are they going to be able to keep turning out content? Yeah. If and that's they, the question. If they can keep the games coming and have them be good, that's going to be the the catch right there. They've got to be good games that kids want to play that, that families want to play. Yep. If they're going for that family friendly, family friendly um, attraction, then that's that's really the hook that they need. Yeah. I remember when the Wii was announced, everybody looked at that and thought Nintendo's lost their dang mind. But then all of a sudden you've got all these people in senior citizen centers yeah. and retirement homes and you know, everybody is just playing these things and and it caught on like wildfire and and people people were looking at Nintendo thinking, "Oh man, they've they've struck gold. This is amazing." Mm-hmm maybe Intellivision's got got the next big thing right here and we just haven't realized it yet. It, it could be. We'll have to wait and see. And I, there's a lot of things that I like about it, but it'll be interesting to see if it can compete um, and get any kind of handhold on the market. So Now, you and I are both parents. Yes. We each have a whole mess of kids. Not together, but... Not together, no. Separately, yeah. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> but... Do your are your kids big gamers? Yeah, my boys especially, and I've got well, that's not fair to say. A couple of my girls are too, but yes, a few of my kids are way into games. Okay, yeah. so I, I've got I've got six kids. I believe that's the number you have as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So uh, two of my boys are well, my two boys. I've got four girls and two boys, but my boys are huge gamers. And one of the one of the things that I really have to watch out for is is loot boxes. Yes. Uh, especially on mobile platforms. Yes. And it drives me nuts. I hate loot boxes. I hate mobile. I hate mobile gaming. I do too. Really because of the whole loot box thing. But the fact that loot boxes have made their way into like real world gaming, console gaming, right. PC gaming just infuriates me because now my kids sit down to play a game on the Xbox or PC or whatever. And Hey dad, can, can we buy, can we buy these? Can we buy, can we spend some money? Can you give me some money? I got to buy this. Cause well, what do you want to buy it for? Well, I want to try for this cool new thing. No. Yeah. It, it, It bothers me. I think more on the console games than it does on the mobile platform. I'm not a big fan of the mobile platform games, but I get it, right? You get the game for free and they've got to make money somehow. So it's either you're going to yes. get spammed with ads or you've got to pay to win. 
Yes. And, and that's how mobile gaming works. And that's the way the platform was built. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. That's the way it was. It's what they do. But console gaming has always been different. If I'm going to go, I'm going to pay $60 for a Star Wars Battlefront 2, I should get the whole game. You should. I shouldn't have to pay another 150 bucks down the road to get all the loot boxes. And of course, that was a, a Star Wars Battlefront 2 was an interesting example because they went so extreme with the loot crates and everything and that they had to s- scale it back because of the fans were so upset about it. And um, it was hard not to make the case that it wasn't predatory at all because it seemed like it was. So. Oh, it was so predatory. And it didn't, they, didn't someone figure out that you would have to play – like nonstop for like a th- over a thousand hours yeah, or something. Just some crazy number. Just to just to be able to unlock stuff, or you could spend thousands of dollars in an attempt to unlock stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Right. And I think we've talked about that on this show years ago when that was going on. Um, but yeah, that was that was a disaster. But you know, I thought at the time game developers kind of learned their lesson and right. for a few for a few minutes it looked like they did but they really didn't they just made it look like they did and you know sure enough they're right back up to their old, old tricks you know loot mm-hmm. boxes and mm-hmm. and now it's it's even gotten to the point where on mobile games i was looking on reddit yesterday and i saw something where some people were complaining about, well, there's this this event on this particular game, and it used to be that you either had to put all your time into it or you could pay for the exclusives that would help you to complete the event. But mm-hmm. you pay for the exclusives, and now you're doing all the time as well, and you're still not able to complete the event. But, oh, right. if you can't complete it, you can pay, and right. you can get the extras that you can't complete. That you can't finish. Right. Which, I mean, that's just a dick move, if you ask me. Yeah. But there's a senator from Missouri. His name's Josh Hawley. I don't know anything about this guy, uh, but he announced a bill that is going to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions Mm -hmm. and, quote, games played by minors, which is a pretty broad label. Right. How do you define which games are played by minors and which games aren't? I mean, yes, there are clearly games that are targeting kids as the primary audience. But I mean, Candy Crush is a good example. I think there are plenty of kids who play Candy Crush. It looks like a kid's game, but man, there's a lot of adults that play that too. So is Candy Crush going to be put in into that category? Um, Fortnite, Overwatch, all of those games, would those be games that are played by minors? I mean, they're played by minors, but are they targeting minors? Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty. Yeah. How many 11-year-olds are out there freaking talking trash on Xbox Live? Right. New Master 69's out there somewhere <laughs> playing those games, and he's probably a minor. Exactly. Exactly. So, Holly is introducing the bill, the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act, to the U.S. Senate soon. Yep. And in press materials announcing the bill, uh, his team brought up the Activision game Candy Crush mm-hmm. as an example of pay to win. And uh, I think they have like a $150 package that they mentioned in the article. Yeah, the, the luscious bundle. Yeah, which I don't want my kids buying any luscious bundle, regardless of if it's on a game or it just doesn't sound like, hey, dad, I want to buy the luscious bundle. I'm going to say no. You know, and I don't even need to know what it's for. It just sounds wrong. I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) 
if I'm playing a video game and I have to pay $150 to get stuff that's going to help me win the game, mm -hmm. what the crap kind of game is that? Yeah. That's, that's messed up. But in reality, this is going to sound really weird, but it's probably a good deal because a lot of the people, you know, because they're going to look at it and say the same thing. I, I'm not going to pay 150 bucks. Oh, but I get this package that's 10 bucks. And then they do that 15 or more times and they've already spent the 150 bucks without exactly. even thinking about it. And that's really how these microtransactions get it, um, get the money and get the kids is because, you know, the parents start thinking, okay, five bucks, 10 bucks here is not a big deal. And it adds up quick. And, um, I have mixed feelings about this. I don't like the microtransactions. I don't know that we need the government, though, regulating how games are done and, and paid for and, and everything else. It, I think the bigger responsibility, you mentioned we're both parents, I think it rests with us. What are we doing and yeah. are we monitoring what our kids are doing? And ultimately, we should be able to make the call on what our kids can and, and can't do. I agree. And I think most I, – I know you're an Android guy. I'm an iPhone guy. but all of my kids that have a phone, I've got a couple of them that do, they are not allowed to make in-app purchases. Mm -hmm. I can turn that off in the parental settings um, and they don't know the code to go in there and change it. So they can't get access to make in-app purchases. Um, I have it set so that if they want to download an app, I have to approve it first before they can download it. And That's I can nice. look at it and say, I don't, you know, if it says it's in-app purchases, what are the top in-app purchases? Is this a game that they're going to want to play and spend money on? I think those are the tools that need to be out there uh, and the, that parents need to take advantage of instead of government regulation coming in and saying these are the laws and the rules that govern what kids can and can't do. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. You know, if anybody has listened to this show over the years, and I know we've only been back now for a few months, but if you go back and listen to any of our, our old episodes, you're going to find out real quick that I don't like the government at all. Mm -hmm. I don't like the government telling me what I can and can't do. And I do, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think that, that this is a place for government to come in and say, oh, you, you can't do this, you know, However, I think that this is one of those things where it's gambling, you know, I, I yeah. And the government does regulate gambling. I think they're going to have a tough time winning that case just because it's similar cases have gone up in multiple countries. I know it talked about Denmark, Germany yeah, that are much more liberal than, than the United States as, as far as the government's much more involved in a lot of the things that happen in those countries. Yeah. And in those countries, the government said, nah, it's not gambling. So it'll be interesting to see how the cases are, are made. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, Sweden, Denmark, Ireland, Germany, Australia, New, Ze New Zealand, and the UK all determined that it's not gambling. Right. But I, mean, I don't know how they came to that conclusion I mean, you've got odds. Yeah. There's – it's a game of chance, really. It is. And so, I mean, technically, by definition, I would – you're putting money on it. That's gambling to me, yeah. but uh, – I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Listener, what do you guys think? Um, are loot boxes gambling? Let us know. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Uh, while we're talking kind of tech stuff, let's let's move into our tech section here. 
I've got some some fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. And this fun. this one just makes me laugh. It, it really does make me laugh because I've got some some personal experience here with dealing with Samsung. I I don't um, regarding regarding their tech support stuff. Yeah. So um, we've talked about the Samsung S10 5G uh, mm-hmm. being available only in Korea. Uh, which is good because, you know, they actually have 5G in Korea as opposed do, to here. Which is just all a bunch <laughs> of BS here. Good thing Colin's dead right now. Or yeah, he, that might actually bring him back from the grave. That, that might. It'll, yeah, he'll want to talk about that. We'll just, so. we'll just let him know that 5G is, is a thing and he'll come back and say, no, it's not. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but he's spinning in his grave right now as we're talking about 5G. Being a thing in the U.S., it's really not a thing in the U.S. No, it's not. It's really not. So over in Korea, the Galaxy S10 5G is a thing. Mm-hmm. And some South Korean guy over there had one of these these new phones. And the thing, like, actually started, like, smelling burnt and smoke came out. And mm-hmm. I think basically, well, like, was on fire. Yeah, he said he picked it up when it was really hot, which is what I do when I see something that's like smoking or it smells like it's burning. I went and I go and that's, touch it. That's usually the first thing I do. Um, and then he, because it was hot, he dropped it and it burst into flames, apparently. Yeah. And so he called tech support, which is what you do. You know, hey, my phone's on fire. Right. I hope he used a different phone. Oh, yeah. Well, seeing the phone <laughs> in the photographs, I think he'd have to use a different phone. I don't know that he had much of a choice. But uh, he reached out to Samsung and they said, uh, yeah, we're not going to give you your $1,200 back because this is your fault. Yeah. Totally user error. Yeah. The flame was caused by the impact from the fall, which was caused by the heat of the foam. But but yeah, apparently they looked at it. They said internally there was nothing wrong with the components in the phone. I don't know how they could see it because, again, seeing the picture of the phone, there were definitely internal parts that were at least missing by the time they saw it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. They issued a statement and said, uh, quote, we got the product and completed the external inspection and x-ray inspection. But the external traces are obvious. We can't find the product defects. It may be caused by the external impact on the smartphone. So, in other words, it, it was operating as designed. So It I, did exactly what it was supposed to do, catch on fire. So, you have to go buy another $1,200 phone. Exactly. Exactly. So Now, this reminds me of a couple of things. First of all, the, the Galaxy Note 7, mm-hmm. which kept exploding. Mm-hmm. And Samsung said, yeah, there's not a problem here. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody's phones are blowing up on them. Mm-hmm. But then my daughter has a Galaxy Sport Watch. Okay. If you look at any of the advertising for the Galaxy Sport Watch, it all focuses around you can be active with this. It's in the freaking name. Right. It shows pictures on the website of people swimming with the watch. It shows people doing all sorts of things active. She was going to go swimming with some friends. She said, should I, should I take my watch off and just leave it? But I, I, I don't want to because I really wanted to track my activity. And really, that's what it's for, isn't it? I said, mm. well, yeah, that's what it's for. But I've got the S3. I said, I would take mine off. Right. She said, but yours isn't the sport. I said, no, it's not. 
So she pulls up Samsung's website and she starts reading the specs on her watch. Mm-hmm. All this stuff about water resistant up to so many meters and right. and great for swimming and there's pictures of people playing water polo and swimming and mm-hmm. who knows what else in swimming pools. She's not planning on doing like deep diving and you know, she's just going to the neighborhood swimming pool. She's not going to do anything terribly strenuous, mm-hmm. nothing that's going to really put any sort of impact on the watch. So she decides, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to wear the watch. I said, okay, if you feel comfortable with it, she said, it's on their website, dad. Yeah. I said, well, it's only four months old. You should be good. If there's any issues, at least it's under warranty. The next day she calls me up. She says, dad, my watch is dead. Right. I said, what do you mean dead? She said, it's dead. It won't do anything. I can't turn it on. Nothing's going on with it. Yeah. I said, okay, well, call tech support. So she calls tech support and they go through a whole bunch of troubleshooting. They determine that it's her phone uh, or not her phone, her watch charger. Okay. So she tries my charger. She tries my wife's charger. No, no difference. <laughs> so they do some more testing and they say, okay, go ahead and send us the watch. We'll take a look at it. Obviously there's a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So then they email her and they say, yeah, we've determined that this is not a, a claim that will cover under warranty because the watch is full of water and that is not something that would be covered under warranty mm-hmm. because you obviously got the watch wet. Right. I got my sport watch that you said was water resistant wet. Which was her response. Uh-huh. And they say, well, you know, you shouldn't be getting it wet. At which point she sends them screenshots of their own marketing materials. Right. And they said, okay, we'll get back to you. We need to reevaluate this. So long story short, they sent her a new watch. Yeah. And they should. Exactly. They should stand by their claims. But this, that reminds me of this dude with his phone exploding. Samsung has a really bad habit mm-hmm. of having their products go south and not accepting responsibility for it yeah. until it becomes a PR nightmare. Well, and it's not its not just their phones. I mean, obviously, there's the Note 7. And when I read this about the, the S10, I thought, well, it's not like this is a company that has had this happen to them before. Oh, wait, except for that. But I think, weren't they also the ones with their washers and dryers or something a few years back that were also exploding. I feel like that was also Samsung. Um, they, I think that it was. Yeah. So and something in their processes and their production and their quality control is slipping through the cracks. And they, I mean, one product where it happens or even one example of one product, that's a fluke. When it happens again and again across the brand, that's a problem. It is a problem. It's a quality and, control problem. And they're having issues with their Galaxy Fold. They've had to delay their release right, there. Yeah, that's, and that's an indefinite delay at this point, it right? Is. They don't have any idea when they're going to do that. Because reviewers, 
realize that there was problems with the hinges. Yeah, and it, it was causing the screen to like rip or something, basically. I mean. Well, and Samsung has a history of wanting to be on the bleeding edge of technology, not just the cutting edge, but the bleeding edge. They That's their whole gimmick is to try to beat Apple to market with a lot of different stuff. And uh, some of it I feel like is really gimmicky. I do feel like the foldable phone is really gimmicky, yeah. but that's the problem with being on the bleeding edge is you're trying to rush these things to market. Yep. And these things slip through the cracks a lot easier. So, although at this point, to be fair, this there's only been one report that's made it to the news about one phone that's exploded. We haven't heard about multiple ones yet. True. So, but there is time. Yeah, it, and it hasn't <laughs> even hit the states yet. Yes. So, so we'll see. I think it hits this week. So go out and get your uh, get your phone. Yes. It'll be a good time. And it'll and- be explosive. <laughs> It'll be fun. And we will Fireworks. see how long until airlines ban the five, t- uh, the S10 5G from from flying. Yeah, and it, and if it does end up being an issue, I think this is a bigger hit for them than the Note Seven was because the S10 is their flagship yes phone. This I agree. is their big deal phone, and if it has this problem and they have to recall it all, well, and and with it being five G, I mean that's like. The next big thing. Right. So. I mean, people are waiting to get on the 5G networks here in the States, and yeah. they just need that S10 5G to do it because yes. the networks are all set. They are, I mean, it's it's all it's yeah. all good to go. I no mean, problem. I, I made a mistake by just getting the regular S10. And, and know, yours hasn't caught on fire it yet. It hasn't caught on fire yet. Are you trying hard enough to get it to catch on fire? You know, I probably should try harder. Yeah. But, you know. Make sure you pick it up when it's hot. It, I, I really should, but you know, maybe if it was, if it had that 5G connectivity mm-hmm. so that I could just connect like AT&T's 5G network, yeah, then that would make all the difference. Right. The, Available in select markets, by yes, the way. Yes. That would, that would probably make real all the genuine, difference. excellent 5G. I, th- I think that's what the G stands for is genuine. genuine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it stands for five genuines. <laughs> Colin's not even going to be able to listen to this episode. He's like, no. He's going to look at it or listen to this. He's going to think, what are they doing to me? Why are they this way? Um, we have no answer for that. We, we really don't. Speaking of people, uh, speaking of why are they this way, um, Uber. I, you yeah. Know, we've made fun of Uber a lot on this show over the years. I mean, Uber's been a hot mess for a long time, but it seems like they've kind of got their crap together over the last year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had their IPO. Yep. Did not go as well as they thought. It, it really didn't. And, and that's weird. They're still worth $76 billion, but that just wasn't what they were hoping for. I just – I had to smile when I saw that though. I really had to smile when I saw that because, I mean, it, it fell 7.6% during their first day of trading. But – Still, they like you said, they are still worth seventy six billion dollars. Yep. But they were expecting to be up around hundred and twenty billion. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, you're fifty billion less than what you expected to be. I mean, yeah. Well, I think they were hoping eighty two billion, and a couple of banks had had uh, valued them at one hundred and twenty billion before the IPO. So. Uh, but yeah, still short of where they wanted to be. Um, I love that the drop also hurt Lyft's stock prices as well. So, and those two companies are just right now trying to destroy each other. They really are. It's and like they, neither one of them has made a profit 
yet. No, like they have not had a profitable quarter. And it's because they're, they are killing each other on prices. Like they yeah. keep going lower because if Lyft goes lower, Uber has to go lower. And what I, their whole business plan and every doesn't even make any sense to me. If you're an Uber driver, why in the world would I allow you as Uber to also be a Lyft driver? Exactly. And I used to drive for both. Yeah. Just for fun, you know, just something to do. Extra why money. Wouldn't you? If you're going to get better rates and better returns with one than the other at certain yeah. times and they're going to let you do it, then why? Like, that's like working for Pizza Hut and Domino's at the same time. Exactly. No other company is going to let you work for their prime competitor. Yeah. I don't understand. It's bizarre to me. It really is. But I'll tell you, I mean, it's it's fun. It's fun driving. But yeah. Boy, you don't make any money doing it. Yeah. You really don't. And they, they treat their drivers like crap. I finally just, I got sick of it. I'm like, I'm driving to, I'm driving to break even. Yeah. It's it's not worth it. Um, you know, I when I started driving, I was I was just doing it for some extra money, but they kept cutting the rates and cutting the rates and cutting the rates. And yep. Pretty soon, I'm just like I'm doing it to just break even. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep doing it. Yeah. So I just stopped. But yeah, it, it was fun while it lasted. But yeah, these guys, they just crack me up. They are yeah. They are just both disasters. They are. I just, I don't know. And then uh, Nest. Do you have a Nest thermostat? I don't. I'm glad I don't now. I've got one. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I've got like eight Nest Protects. Shouldn't we call it a Google Nest we should, thermostat now? Because cause Nest is dead now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've I've been on the Nest bandwagon since they were like started. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a customer of of the company that I worked for years ago. A couple guys from Apple went and started it, mm-hmm. which I find it hilarious that Google, Google ended up buying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was awesome that that's how that shook out. But I've always thought that they had a great product and Google bought them. Yep. And just like with all of Google's hardware, it just kind of became stagnant. And I've been waiting for for Nest to die. Yeah. And my wife and I have been looking at homes down in Texas and almost every home that we went into, I probably shouldn't have admitted that um, on the show because there's a lot of people who don't know, like my family. (laughs) They know now. In my family, like I haven't even. Do you just have lunch with your mom? Hopefully she knows. My mom knows, but my dad doesn't know. I I need to tell my dad. Yeah, probably before you post this show. (laughs) I probably should. Uh, or find out this would be a good test to find out if your dad listens. Yeah, that would be, that would be, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I need to, I need to let my dad know, but anyways, we've been looking at, at a lot of property that, and all of the homes that we've been into have, have multiple nest thermostats, which, you know, not surprising, but for the last few years, I've been thinking, you know, maybe I need to look at Honeywell or Ecobee mm-hmm. or something. I, re- I really like the Ecobees. But I told my wife the other night, I said, you know, I really think that whatever we end up doing, that I don't want Nest. I'm done with the Nest. We're leaving right. all of our Nest products. You're leaving the Nest. Yeah, we're leaving the Nest. That's a good show title. That's <laughs> a good show title. But... Google has decided that they're going to leave the nest too. Yeah. And 
they, they, people are furious with them because I mean, people have built their whole smart home now around Nest, but with, with Google IO, they, they've come out and they've basically said, you know, we've got this shiny new Nest smart display and now everything goes through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so interesting is I get saying, hey, look, we're going to continue doing the Nest stuff. We're going to continue doing the smart home stuff, but we're going to put the Google name on there because that's all marketing and branding. And I get all of that. But what really stinks is, you know, how many different accessories and products have people bought that say compatible with the Nest system that as of, I think, August this year, none of that's going to work anymore because Nest is not just gone, but everything that it supports isn't compatible with Google Nest. Yeah, except Alexa is still going to work. The yeah, Amazon well, stuff is still going to work with. And we'll see how long that lasts because Google wants you to use Google and exactly. not Alexa. So eventually that'll go away as well. But, but that surprises me that Google, I mean, Google's been, well. yeah. they've been in a, in a battle with Amazon for years. I'm amazed that they're going to play nice for at least the, the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they're going to do that. I think yeah. that that's, that's a bad move on Google's part, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, it's a surprising move considering that nothing else is going to be compatible with yeah. it that was compatible with Nest. So it's surprising that Alexa will, but the light bulbs and the everything, I don't know about light bulbs, but the lights and everything else that I've bought that are now, that are Nest compatible are not Google yeah. Nest compatible. Like, there had to have been a way that they could have integrated it all together. Oh, I'm and sure. Built there was. off of the platform that Nest already had, but that's they decided to go in a different direction, and that's the risk I think that we play with any of these ecosystems that you invest in. Right? You know, mm-hmm. years ago, my wife and I talked about making the jump from iPhone to uh, to the Galaxy phones because we wanted a bigger display, and this was back when their biggest display was the five, and it was that really small display. Yeah. Uh, and we went back and forth and we had to decide, okay, if we're going to go all in on one, we need to decide which one it's going to be. And we ended up going with Apple and sticking with them. But that's the risk that you always run. It, it, you know, I'm yeah. going to go all in on Nest to make my home a smart home. And now my home is a dumb home and I'm going to have to spend all that money again to go with Ecobee or or Honeywell or whatever yeah. you choose to go with. or. Google Nest as a possibility. I probably wouldn't go with Google Nest because I'd probably be a little ticked right now and decide to go with someone else. But yeah, you know, and that's one thing that that we've done. I I went with a, a Samsung hub, mm-hmm. but I realized that there are limitations mm-hmm. with just the Samsung hub. Right. And so I started looking around and the Samsung hub is great. I, I can automate quite a bit of stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the smart things hub, but there's there's certain things that I want you know I want voice controls I want right. I want other aspects of it, and so I started looking okay do I go with Google or do I go with with Amazon, and almost all of the products that I was really interested in getting were compatible with with Amazon's. And so I started going that route. Mm -hmm. And then one day my wife said, okay, well, you know, we've got an Amazon echo. I want to get something different. So she got a Google home mini. So we have both in our home. Oh, interesting. And I'll tell you, I like the Amazon a lot better. 
Yeah, Amazon, I feel like, is just a little bit more integrated. I think Google and Apple both are still trying to catch up with their... Yeah. And Apple's is never going to catch up until they make something that's affordable for the to replace the Echo or that the is true. Google Home. And, that yeah. is true. But, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. And now that Google... I mean, I I feel like, I don't know, Google with their hardware, I just, I can't trust them. Right. I can't trust them. They kill everything so frequently. We've talked about it on the show before. I mean, they kill everything within a couple of years. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not performing like they would like it to perform. Well, and even if it performs well, they still kill it. I mean, you look at like. Yeah. Google Inbox, Google Reader, their RSS reader. I mean, that was beloved, but they killed it because reasons. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, and then their hardware. And I get, you know, that Google is a company that's all about innovation. And if you're not innovated, you know, you're you're not moving forward. But some things you got to just let stay so that people can adopt and and continue to integrate into their lives and if you're constantly if you're constantly moving those goalposts people aren't going to keep chasing after you right which is which i think in the long term going to really hurt google i think so too i I think it's really going to hurt google yeah and especially as they grow and buy more things and yeah yeah um so I don't know, but listener, what do you guys think? Uh, send us your thoughts to feedback at soulandroids.com. And, you know, we've talked about quite a few things tech-related on this show, uh, smart home stuff. We've talked phones. If you have any questions regarding any of that stuff, send us those too. We're happy to, you know, answer those. Uh, you know, maybe you want to integrate some new smart home feature into your house or you know, you're looking to to get some new smart thermostat or something, you know, send us those questions. We'll be happy to let you know what we think. And also, if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to Stone Droids podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, we're also pretty much wherever you get your podcast fix from. And while you're there, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review so that others know what you think about the show. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stolen Droids. And for news and information between episodes, check out StolenDroids.com. Thanks, Jake, for filling in. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. Anytime you find Colin dead, I'll be happy to fill in. That's awesome, because I think he may be dead for a while, so I may need you again in the future (laughs) here. So, And if you want to hear more of Jake... Check him out on the Movies That Make Us podcast. That's right. And you can hear those episodes, same places, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Yep. And he does have episodes over at StolenDroids.com as well. And he's on social medias as well at Movies That Make Us on Facebook and Instagram and Movies Make Us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I got that right, didn't I? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, check out Movies That Make Us podcast, though. It's like a book club, but for movies. It's a really good show. Jake does a great job over there. Well, thank you. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy that show. You do you do a good job. Thank you. 
But we will be back uh, next week with another episode uh, pending any unforeseen deaths, which, uh, again, they're unforeseen. So, so I I, happen, yeah. I don't see them happening, but um, they are unforeseen. But we should be back next week with another episode. And until then, be good to each other. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.